What's going on lads, welcome to the 4 Ounce Podcast, it's a podcast I created to talk all things fighting and to entertain those who are interested in fighting. If you watch this and you don't follow me on Instagram at the underscore 4 Ounce underscore podcast or follow me on Facebook the 4 Ounce Podcast, follow me here on Spotify or SoundCloud while you're at it. That's enough chit chat, let's get straight in. So in this episode of Fighting World I'm going to be talking about the future of the lightweight division, the future for Conor McGregor, what went wrong for Conor McGregor. Uh, in boxing, I'll be talking about Rain Garcia versus Manny Pacquiao, Ben Askren versus Jay Paul, and call outs on Katie Taylor throughout the week. So, yeah, uh, as I said, uh, this is a series I have called Fighting This Week, where I bring you the biggest news and headlines between the worlds of MMA and boxing. And, yeah, I feel like this is one of the most interesting conversations you can have in MMA right now, <clears throat> and that's the lightweight division. It's looking so hot right now with some of the biggest names in the sport all challenging for the belt. Um, with questions looming around Khabib's return, I thought I'd take a look at the future of the UFC lightweight division and what's next for the notorious Conor McGregor. I'm not sure even where to start with this topic really, but I guess I'll start with the future of the division. Uh, do I think Khabib will return? Quite honestly, I don't think he will. I think he's proved himself being retiring 29 and all is a massive uh, is a massive accomplishment. Whether or not some of those wins may be tainted by his early career. Khabib can retire known he is one of the greatest of all time. And as for the future champion, after then I almost confirming at the UFC 257 post-fight press conference that if Khabib does fully retire, it'll be Chandler versus Poirier for the vacant lightweight world championship. I want to know what happens after that. In my opinion, I see Dustin winning a fight against Chandler comfortably. Uh, despite Chandler's massive knockout victory over Dan Hooker uh, in the Coleman event of last week's pay-per-view, I still don't see him being ready to take out the diamond just yet. Uh, there are still some massive names in the division, though, such as Charles Oliveira, Justin Gaethje, Tony Ferguson, Dan Hooker, Connor Diaz, RDA. Like, the division is so hot right now. And uh, here's my matchups now I'd like to see it play out. I'd like to see Poirier versus Chandler soon in 2021, preferably about April, but neither of them really absorbing a lot of damage. I think they can get that fight done as soon as possible. After that, then, I think Justin Gaethje could take on Charles Oliveira with the winner facing the winner of a fight between Dan Hooker and Tony Ferguson. I think Connor takes on Diaz in their trilogy fight, or if Connor was twin and puts it back in the title picture for either a trilogy with Poirier at the end of the year, if Poirier can hold on to the belt. Um, so that could be either late 2021 or early 2022. Or he takes on someone else in division first, like I can see him taking on Tony Ferguson, Gaethje. There's a lot of options right now for Dana, but I think Connor will fight a few times this year because we all know Connor is the money fight, and we all know Dana loves his payday. Like, if Connor wins, it propels him straight back into that title picture and that makes the trilogy with Poirier even more likely um, if Diaz wins it elevates Diaz and that isn't a bad draw either for Dana like either he matches up well, like he matches up very very well with a lot of fighters in this division and a fight between him and Tony Ferguson looks very interesting that would be a massive fight that's if Diaz does come back to 155 though but after his recent tweets, it is looking more and more likely that he will. He was calling out Dustin Poirier, so... I mean, obviously, 155 is where he would like to go. So that makes a matchup between him and Jorge the second time a little bit less likely. But, I mean, we can all still dream. Uh, that being said, that is a lot of theoretical talk, though, and not enough facts. But that's the unpredictability the unpredictability that we all love with the UFC. That's just what I'd like to see and where I think it could go. Uh, all that being said, let's talk about Conor. And before I think we talk, we should talk about Connor's failure, I think we should talk about how good Dustin Poirier was. He always circled away from the left hand. His feints were, were perfect too. It was a masterclass performance. 
Also, his game plan was perfect for Connor. Like, take him down early, take away Connor's early round momentum. Take him down early was a great move, and then spending half the round on the cage and then in the clinch against the fence. Even though he was losing the striking exchange after that, I think it was worth the sacrifice with the amount of damage that he did with the leg kicks. Uh, you can see at the end of round one, Connor is hurt bad on that calf, and he can't sit down because he knew if he sat down in that stool, he was not getting back up. And you can see Poirier notices this uh, while he's corner watering him down. So straight away in the second round, he attacks the leg again, which is a smart move. Like uh, Connor facing, Connor is used to facing orthodox fighters, so Dustin being a southpaw did disturb Connor's ability to check the leg kicks. So each kick was direct chin to muscle. Uh, in the second round, therefore, leaving Connor exposed to a good combination and a hook that ended the fight with the underdog Dustin Poirier getting his hand raised. Uh, I'm sure Dustin was expecting the calf to be there. Connor came out with a flat-footed boxer stance instead of his usual wide karate stance, which was the same thing he done against Khabib as well. And I think it could have been Diaz too as well. I'm not sure about that one, but I know he did. He has come out flat-footed a few times now. And uh, the southpaw versus southpaw matchup isn't good for Connor either. When you look at who he's lost in the UFC, there's a pattern. Diaz is a southpaw, so is Dustin. And I think Connor focused too much on boxing this camp, which we've seen. And, you know, uh, he was trying to match up for Pacquiao. He even had tweets about uh, the Pacquiao fight and how this was to get there. And I think it might be no coincidence that Pacquiao was announced to fight Ryan Garcia the day later. So maybe it was given as the option if Connor wins, he gets Pacquiao. You know, Connor and the post fight presser said that it was just as good as done. So, you know, you never know. Like, maybe later in, in the year we might get Connor versus Pacquiao. But I suppose it all depends on, you know, different circumstances with Connor and the UFC and what contract he's tied into right now. But, um, yeah, Connor wasn't expecting the grappling either. You could see that in him. Uh, even Daniel Cormier like, said it on the commentary straight away and it happened. Like, we all seen the look in his face, especially after Connor mentioning that he wanted a stand-up board during the pre-fight press conference. When Dustin took him down early, you know, it really did, it really did catch Connor off guard. I don't think Connor did much wrestling training, but I suppose that's not for me to know really. Like, but from what we've seen and who he had in his camp, like having good young boxers like Dylan Moore in there, he was training with his uh, pals from the Crumlin Boxing Club, you know. And uh, I think Dustin's Dustin's uh, game plan was just perfect. And after Dustin's head coach Mike Brown was asked about the leg king game plan, his response was Dustin kicks hard as fuck, and he wasn't wrong. And then Poirier explained how Connor didn't check his leg kicks properly when interviewed with ESPN. Uh, Dustin went on to say, I kick hard, and with Connor's wide stance, we felt it would be hard to check. And I started kicking through his check because he wasn't checking correctly. It was still the muscle part of his calf, and he wasn't turning his shin all the way outward. So it was shin to shin. Like, you could see that, and then Dustin went on to say, even when checked, he was getting the bad part of the kicks, and I know from experience, I've been crippled with those kicks from Jim Miller. I've been hurt a few times with them, and with the swelling in your calf, it has nowhere to go. It's not like the tie where it can spread out all over. That's where you get compartment syndrome, and the swelling gets stuck in the pockets. It's very painful. So, I mean, that was, like, very, very accurate. We've seen that Connor was very, very hurt by these, and he wasn't checking them correctly. Like, I think maybe two of them he could have checked, and even at that, Dustin claims he was kicking through the check. So, I mean, you know... And Connor, Connor with the stance again. Connor only threw, I think, two or three kicks the whole fight, which you've seen in the first fight. Connor used kicks to dictate the play. Dustin was able to circle out away from Connor's left hand all the time during the fight. In the first fight, Connor was controlling Dustin's octagon movement and where he was circling out by using spinning kicks. So if Connor spun and moved them one way, Dustin moved one way. If Connor spun the other way, Dustin moved that way, which therefore led Dustin walking into the into Connor's left hand in the first fight. 
Uh, whereas in this fight, you know, Connor didn't throw any spinning kicks, didn't even throw any head kicks really. Like I think he could have thrown one, maybe two. Like it wasn't it wasn't the same Connor that we've seen the last few times, but I don't think we can take away from Dustin Poirier. I think what could be next for Connor, there is a few options. He's been called out by Jake Paul, but Jake Paul just recently announced a fight with Ben Askren. So I don't think that's gonna happen. Um Pacquiao is fighting Ryan Garcia soon. We don't know we don't have a date confirmed, but it was confirmed by uh by Ryan Garcia's Instagram account earlier this week. So it looks like Connor will have to stick to the UFC for now. He's also on a one hundred and eighty day medical suspension, which is six months, so we might not see him fight till late June, July, could even be August, like you know what I mean? And um yeah. Here's a report from MMA Medic on Instagram. It's about Connor and the leg kick injury and it just explains it more in depth than Henry Daufius. It's by at MMA.medic on Instagram. It basically says, um, calf kicks doesn't call norapraxia alone. When kicks are landed, blood vessels break and bruise forms. Calf muscles help to push the blood upwards against gravity by contracting. Hence it's called the peripheral heart. With a calf swelling, this function is altered as well. The accumulation of kicks may affect the stability where a fighter falls down in pain. Here nerves aren't affected. Your leg goes numb. No apraxia. Example, Connor versus Dustin, Sean O'Malley versus Cheeto, or you get beat up so bad that you can't stand. Another MMA medic post about the leg kicks uh, said, reads, Connor couldn't feel his leg during the end of the fight, even in the post-fight press conference. Norapraxia is a form of nerve injury which causes the loss of motor and sensory function of the nerves. The nerve shown in the picture and its branches would have got affected. The injury is temporary without any nerve degeneration and the sensation comes back within minutes to an hour. Dustin Poirier landed 21 leg kicks on Conor McGregor. Uh, like That just goes to show how much pain Conor must have been in really like, and that explains why he couldn't stand up, couldn't stand up at the end of the or couldn't sit down at the end of the round even. The end of the fight after he sat down that was it. He wasn't getting back up for a while. You know, It took him a few minutes. But um, yeah, please show MMA, MMA Medics some love on Instagram. Their handle is at MMA.medic um, it gives really good insights to fighter injuries they're unmatched when it comes to that department and you know they really help give a good insight for how problematic some injuries can be how much effect they had on the fighter how much effect they have on the fight as well um, I'm sure this won't be the last time I use their post as a reference or how bad injuries are so make sure you do check them out now I'm going to move on to Nate Diaz's call out uh, and a few other call outs throughout the week so Nate Diaz said uh, Nate Diaz also called out Conor McGregor on, on Twitter there after their fight saying, I'm trying to whoop your ass next. Be about it, don't think about it. Uh, this would be a great fight, but I can't see it happening until after Conor versus Diaz 3. Maybe the winner of that gets the, gets the fight with Poirier. You know, it'd be interesting to see, see it play out. Nate wasn't the only one to call out Poirier this week, with Charles Oliveira also calling him out. Oliveira took to Twitter to say... Uh, I hope to see you soon, Dustin Poirier. Once again, congrats for last night's performance. Hard work pays off, and you delivered. Since then, the Brazilians also came out on Twitter and said, Dustin Poirier himself said this is the fight to make. I'm coming off eight straight wins, and there is nowhere to go. This is the fight to make. Bellator's Patricio Pitbull Ferreira has continued to clown Michael Chandler since Chandler's KO victory over Hooker, posting pictures of him holding a baby with Chandler's face on it. Chandler has been calling out Khabib saying, If you want to fight me, you will not be you will not be thirty and all, you will be twenty nine and Chandler. I mean that's big talk by by Chandler, you know. Claiming that you can beat Khabib is no understatement. I mean it is an interesting matchup and 
you know, it is grappler versus grappler, good old American traditional versus European, uh, you know, European sambo. Um, it'd be an interesting one. Uh, I can't see it happening just yet, and I don't think Chandler grabbed enough attention for Khabib to want to come back. I mean, after Khabib in... After what Dana said, Khabib told Dana during the post-fight press, post-fight press conference, Khabib, according to Dana, said, come on, Dana, be honest with yourself. I'm levels above these guys. And I think most of the MMA community can agree to that statement. I mean, Khabib is a different warrior when it comes to who else is in this division. I think the only fighters that give him a bit of a challenge could be... I mean, we, we all dream of a matchup with Tony and Khabib. I mean... It's hard not to like. I think. I think. Uh, I think. Uh, Poirier gives him a tough challenge again. I think that would be interesting, and I don't see Chandler being the one to give it to him. But uh, still, you know, it's an it's an interesting battle, and you know, you can't you can't write anything off in the UFC. You know, stranger things have happened. I think even Chandler walking straight into a title fight. In my opinion, he hasn't earned it yet. He's come straight out of Bellator and he's now already ranked at number four. I think that's just a bit a bit over the top now with the UFC. I get he's hot and I get he is, you know, in the fans' eyes, but number four already and looking like it's gonna be him versus Poirier for the vacant title after Khabib retires. I think it's it's a bit of a stretch and you know, I think they should let him one or two I think he needs at least two more fights fighting contenders before he gets that title shot. And now we move on to the world of boxing. Uh, another piece of news that's came out is that clown Jake Paul that was calling out Connor and calling out Dylan Dennis and calling out Dylan Moran has just confirmed a fight against arguably the worst boxer in the UFC, Ben Askren. I mean, what a load of shit. If if Askren loses, it doesn't just embarrass the MMA world but also the boxing world because we all just want Jake Paul to shut up and go back to the YouTube hole where he comes from. You know, it'll feed his ego even more and he'll... I think I get I get why Askren took the fight but at the same time does he not understand his own boxing capabilities like Jake isn't a terrible boxer he's by no means a great boxer but he does have more boxing experience than Ben Askren debatably I suppose it depends on how much Ben Askren does focus on his hands but if it's if his previous performances in the UFC or anything to go off his boxing abilities I think the MMA world is fucked, to be honest. And uh, Jake wouldn't fight a real boxer or an MMA fighter with half decent boxing abilities. I think he chose his fight very well. Everybody said fight a real martial artist, so I mean he did. Whether or not he fought a real martial artist with boxing ability, that's a different conversation. I mean the two have already start go- started going back and forth online. Jake coming to Askren's wife and Askren claiming Jake is a fake athlete. In a re- in a recent interview, Askren said this. It's a pretty simple choice. I'm going to make a bunch of money to beat up a guy pretending to be an athlete. Although I agree with Askren's reasons for taking a fight, like taking this fight exactly, like he is right, there is a bunch of money. But Askren needs to be self-aware of his boxing capabilities and I think he does need to take this a bit serious. Because just in case we like he does lose, I mean it doesn't look good for us really at all, does it? It gives Jake Paul a bigger platform to talk more shit and to call out more actual guys who need to fight. More guys who fight for a living. Jake Paul doesn't need to fight. That's the difference between Jake Paul and a real fighter. 
Real fighters fight to pay their wages. Jake Paul has wages. Jake Paul is just an idiot looking for attention. That's all he is. I mean, Jake Paul did a Jake Paul type thing this week and followed Askren's wife on Instagram. And it's the only other account besides Triller who are sponsoring the fight that he follows on Instagram. And we've seen him do this with Connor, And quite honestly, the build-up is just repetitive. The kid isn't funny. He hasn't brought anything to the table this time that's different than what he's done the last two or three times. Done the same with Dylan Dennis and he's done the same with Conor McGregor. Following like their wife and thinking he's funny or their girlfriend. Like I just think it's a bit pointless. Uh, Jake Paul does have a professional boxing record of 2-0. Of two he's an undefeated boxer. He's fought a YouTuber with a crab stance of a boxing stance. And a former NBA player with six months boxing experience. Askren has an MMA record of 19-2 and two with one no contest. But when it comes to boxing, he's fairly unfamiliar and he's been clowned on social media multiple times for his boxing abilities. And I think Jake Paul has also undermined um, undermined himself. So if Jake Paul loses, I got beat by an athlete, like a professional fighter. If Jake Paul wins, look, I beat a professional fighter. Like for Jake Paul, this is a good fight. And I think Askren... Askren gave Jake Paul a platform that's too powerful for Jake Paul to have. In <laughs> um, other boxing news, Ryan Garcia has confirmed a fight with Manny Pacquiao on his Instagram earlier this week. Although a date, location or even weight class hasn't been confirmed yet, it's still big news for the young man and it's starting to skyrocket his boxing career. The 22-year-old American took to Instagram to announce the fight and said the following, My dream turned reality. It's an honour to share the ring with you at Manny Pacquiao. I will always respect you for what you did in and out of the ring. Here's to the best man winning. Very um, humble and very honourable approach by Ryan Garcia. You can clearly see he is fighting, or he is preparing to fight uh, a role model of his from young. So, you know, you have to respect it. Garcia's potential grew in all of our eyes when he came back after being dropped to stop the more experienced Luke Campbell, extending Garcia's record to 21-0. and Pacquiao has had about 50 more fights, though. In 2008, he beat Garcia's current promoter, Oscar De La Hoya. But will you outperform the veteran? I suppose we will find out soon. Now on to the female boxing news. In a recent interview with Sky Sports, Chicago's Jessica McCaskill had a lot to say about Katie Taylor three years after Katie beat her via unanimous decision. Jessica went on to say, It wasn't that we weren't prepared. We did everything that we were supposed to do. I wouldn't go back and change anything. If I was on the wrong path, I wouldn't be where I am today. I exposed a lot of her downfalls as a fighter. Then everybody wanted to fight her. She hasn't changed very much at all, McCaskill said. Three years ago, I was very green. After coming into the sport with only 25 amateur fights in Chicago, I was fast-tracked. I have incorporated a nutritionist, a strength and conditioning coach, and a different sparring over the years. We are way more experienced. I wouldn't say it didn't go right for me, but people ask, what would I do differently? What did I learn? I learned that my... My team is prepared for the big stage. And that was the biggest fight at the time. I had headlined locally in Chicago, but fighting in a different country was an experience that I took a lot from. We are, collecti- we are collectively prepared as a team. It made a big opening for female boxing. It kept the female boxing trend going. Personally, I see Katie winning again. I think Katie is levels above any female fighter and undoubtedly the goal of female boxing. And I think if they were worth to fight again, I see Katie winning comfortably, as usual in the Katie Taylor fashion.
that's everything for me today, lads. Thank you to everyone who listened, anyone that's followed, liked. I mean, the Facebook page is up to like 85 likes already. So just want to say a big thanks to everyone that's, you know, helped and helped support my dream of running this podcast. That's all for today. If you have any ideas for future videos or future podcasts, uh, leave a comment. If you're interested in becoming a guest and you have an interesting story to do with the fight world, you know, let me know. Um, yeah, that's about everything, lads. Um, thanks for watching and I'll talk to you after.